Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 Podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Chad Kelly, who has been a youth ministry intern here at St. Peter's this summer, and we're going to be discussing his internship experience. So, uh, Chad, thank you again for taking the time to join us. Um, I know you did this last time you were on with us, but can you just uh, kind of get us started off again by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your role here as the youth ministry intern? Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, my name is Chad Kelly. I have been a lifelong member of St. Peter's all of my 20 years. I've been able to to call St. Peter's my home. So I went to Columbus East High School, lived in Columbus my whole life, uh, was very involved in venture, and went to one semester at Purdue University through a lot of toils and just figuring out my life. Uh, God called me to Concordia in Austin, Texas. The last podcast that we did with you, Chad, and some of our listeners may want to go back in the archives and take a listen to that. It was kind of a long journey, an interesting journey for you to decide that you did want to go into full-time church work. And so now you've had an opportunity this summer to do that. Yeah. But before we talk about that, Chad, did you, did you have a chance to get away and do any kind of fun things this summer? Did you get some vacation time in? or? Well, so a lot of my time away from Indiana was on mission trips. So I went to Hong Kong earlier in the summer. I went to Alaska with St. Peter's and West Virginia with St. Peter's. But besides that, I got to go to the lake on the weekend, hang out on the boat. We, my dad got the boat out for, for a few days, so we got to go hang out with some friends on there and do some some wake surfing and some some skiing. So, so what lake is that that you had the boat on? We usually went Lake Hardy with, with the Klein family, where they have a house out there. Where is Lake Hardy? It's uh, south of North Vernon by Deputy. Okay. Yeah, it's All way right. down there. All right. With the Klein family? Yeah, Doug and Lisa Klein, the Klein, Logan Klein's grandparents, they have a house down there that we will usually go to and hang out for a day or two. The Hong Kong thing, I don't know that we had a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. We, it was coming up the last time we had you on. Yeah, it was either right. coming up or right after or something, but yeah. So that's an interesting experience going oh, yeah. to Hong Big Kong. Time. Yep. Opposite side of the world. 12-hour difference, complete opposite, yep. So when you flew there, how long was the flight? So there was three different flights. There was one from here to San Francisco. That was four or five hours. Then from San Francisco to Osaka, Japan, that was 12 hours, I believe. And then from Osaka to Hong Kong was another four or five. So it was about 24 hours travel total, and I didn't sleep once. Yikes. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you learn any, any foreign languages in preparation for going on that? Uh, not at all. So they speak Cantonese there. I learned uh, one phrase, oh ho bao, which is I'm very full. I had to learn that because the, the principals, the female principals over there, they love to feed you and they wouldn't stop feeding me until I said, oh ho bao. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting in every culture. Food seems to be oh, yeah. the center oh, yeah. of our... Oh, and I love it. It was great. <laughs> it was good food? You had definitely, any, definitely. And yeah. you didn't have any stomach problems or anything resulting from unusual foods? No, I had definitely had some weird foods. Had a, a fish eye in there, some some cow tongue, a bunch of just weird weird parts of animals that I never thought I'd eat. But and, you, and you tried them all? Mostly, yeah. Wait, I, wait, I, wait, mostly? I had a goose foot. And I ate the entire foot out of respect. And my professor that went with me was very proud of me. <laughs> You're supposed to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, they were they were chowing down on it, and it was just very uncomfortable. That one made me a little uneasy. What was the flavor? And of course, you're going to say it tastes like chicken. <laughs> it tastes like chicken skin. <laughs> okay. There was no meat on this foot. It was just like skin and tendons, and had to like 
pop the knuckle. So you put your your mouth right on the knuckle and just bite down and it pops. It's the grossest feeling ever, but, but uh, they do aren't there it. like bones in there? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta so bite, bite in between the bones. So you chew around it like a chicken bone and you just get all, get all the skin off. And then you spit the bone. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So I recreated the, the goose foot on my plate, just kind of made it a little funny. <laughs> and, and snapped a picture yeah, of it. Of course. Throw it up on Snapchat. Uh-huh. Well, that, you know, we could talk about fun things like that forever, but that was <laughs> that was pre-internship, right? That was really from school. Yeah, so I, I spent Peter's. a week here at St. Peter's and then a, a week at Hong Kong and then continued my journey at St. Peter's for the summer. Chet, we've gone through the summer. We've done some episodes on vocation. And, and mm-hmm. originally, I think we talked to you about how you chose to be in church work. Yeah. And so this kind of is a... A bridge, an extension of that. As you've had your internship here, we just want to kind of process that. You know, sure. folks that had the, the listen to the first episode with you are, are wondering, how did it go? How did it go? So let's go back to just the internship. I know Hong Kong was a big deal, but right. thinking about the other time that you had here specifically with St. Peter's, what do you have as some of the highlights of that experience? Yeah, so one of my biggest fears coming into the summer was what if I just don't like the like day in day out of ministry? Like I, I love the Sunday nights. It's awesome. I love the mission trips. I love going and serving for people, but like, what if just it's brutal on, <laughs> throughout the week? Cause it's something else every day. One day I went to, to the fair to go watch people show animals. The next day I was editing a curriculum for a confirmation program. And the next day I was helping Lisa Witte do the storage unit and clean that out and do all that. So it's just something different every day. And I found out like, it's awesome. Because on the, on the micro scale, you're doing something different every day. And on the macro scale, you even got different things throughout the week, which can be a little harder for me. So I'm excited to see the even the end season, if you will, of ministry where it's like, this week we have venture. What are, what's the micro that we have to do within the macro of venture every week? So I'm, I'm excited to see that, but it was awesome this summer to, to be in the ministry, to be in the, in the grind of, of, hey, this week we have... Uh, we have color wars coming up in a couple of weeks. What do we have to do to prep for that? Yeah, that's one of the things I always loved about being in this this kind of church ministry, this director of Christian education, is that's what you're preparing to be, and that's what I am. There's always something different. Mm-hmm. It keeps you keeps you on your toes. Uh, if you get bored with something, you know you can switch to something else. But in your mind, you've got to have a long range plan. Yeah. You know, like you said, the macro. I know I've got to do this thing in preparation for something that's coming up. Let's go back. Why is going to the fair part of the job of a DCE or DCE intern as you were? Yeah, so like director of Christian education, you're educating people on how to live like Christ. You're educating people on what it means to be a Christian. And a big part of that is growing relationships. Because if you don't know the kids, if the kids don't know you, you're not going anywhere with them. So a big part of that is going to sporting events, going to what they are. And some of our people in Columbus, some of our youth are only involved in 4-H in the fair. So a big part for Mindy, one of our middle school ministry director, she wanted to go and be at the fair and support them. So she's like, come along, let's go see it. Like, this is ministry. Like, you you are going to do this for ministry, for your job to support the youth. So earlier in this in the summer, before school was over, I got to go to a men's volleyball game, and that was, that was work because I got to go and support the boys that were playing and grow relationally. I remember when I was in high school, I remember there was a big, like, venture section at my swim meets of all Sherpas that came to watch us all swim. And it meant a lot to me. So I'm excited to, to give that back and, and support them and just that whatever they're involved in. Now those Sherpas, those were volunteers. Yes. 
But again, sometimes as the full time person, you have to lead by right. example. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Go support them, whether you you're you're volunteer or you're you're the you're the main director. And I think that's yes, it's very important because you know, like you said, building relationships, but also as you talked about educating and like how do we live out our faith, where it's yes, Sunday morning or Sunday evening mm-hmm. venture, yeah. obviously extremely important. But then how does that happen in the the day right. in day out of life? Right. And so being able to have those points of contact, you know, in normal life and how do we actually live out our faith and being able to show examples of that and to, to teach through those everyday, you know, parts of life, I think is yeah, so important. So that's awesome. I think back to when I first came to St. Peter's 29 and a half years ago, <laughs> as the director of youth ministries, my goal had been to try to get into the homes of 100% of the kids, the, the kids that I had in 7th wow. yeah. through 12th grade. That's a huge, lofty goal mm-hmm. because I mean, we've got a huge potential for a number of kids here. I didn't get close, but I did get a lot of quality relationships. And I had some kids, because of their schedules, they were never able to be in youth group or anything else. And yet, when there were issues in their life, they'd call me up. Yeah. There's several of those kids that I just walked around until they became adults. And, and there's still some relationships I have. And it started because... Because I went and visited in their home, and I, hey, can I go see your room? And hey, there's what's a poster? What, what which band is that? What mm-hmm. what songs do they play? And just that showing the care and interest in a kid. And so, folks that are listening, you know, it's amazing. We've talked about this before. Just to show interest in our kids that are in our building, it makes a huge impact. You never know that when you ask, hey, I see you're wearing a T-shirt with a with a saying on it. Tell me that, and they get a chance to talk about their life. Somebody recognize them isn't that one of the things that the the youth group is trying to do to be what is it be known be known be known follow jesus and serve others are our three goals when someone leaves venture were they known did they follow jesus and do they serve others and that's awesome the pattern is important right Mm -hmm. because if you don't feel like you belong then you're not interested in what people have to offer you know so as christians we just want to we can't just throw out hey jesus loves you they don't care about what you're saying unless they know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And so that's that, that, that visitation thing. I just wanted to highlight that because, again, there's a lot of folks that sit in pews and they go, what, is, what do those youth folks do all day long? Yeah. But there again, it's not just the day. I'm sure there's some nighttime things that you had to do too, right? During the summer, not so much maybe because it's, well, the venture is at nighttime. Yeah, we had venture. We had uh, our venture games and, of course, mission trips. Like it was... 24 7 just go 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 but it was so much fun so tell us about some of the mission trips yeah so we went to alaska earlier in the summer with our high school students Um, we got to go up to anchorage and serve the homeless community up there Um, there's a a large homeless community from just the people in alaska they'll be get like put in prison and, and go to anchorage and it's two times bigger than Texas, you can't just fly back or walk back because it's just too far. So they just get stuck in Anchorage and, and just can't leave. So there's a big homeless population there. And the cool part is why we went in the summer and why the opportunity is huge in the summer is those who usually help in those ministries during the summer, they have to fill their freezers. They have to go hunt and fish and get food for their winter and they just can't serve. So there's a huge opportunity during this time of the year for, for people like, like St. Peter's to come and serve that community and go to, go to soup kitchens, go to food pantries and just help and be, be someone to, to do the mundane tasks that they just can't do themselves throughout the, throughout the year. And this brings up a thought, you know, my mind goes all these different places. Alaska homeless people during the summer, it's reasonable. You guys mm-hmm. were, you know, yeah. not freezing 60s, to 60s, 70s, not too bad. But, like, I can't imagine being homeless in Alaska in the winter. Yeah. 
So there's a big convention center in Anchorage, Alaska. And when COVID hit, they opened that up for homeless people to go and live there and just stay to have a warm place to stay. But recently in the last year, they've shut that down and opened that back up for convention. So the people experiencing homelessness, they don't even have a place to stay or in the winter when it's freezing, when there's snow outside the ground. Like before we went, when we had our call about a couple weeks ahead of time, they said, hey, there's still snow in the parking lots in May. And people are living on the streets like I, I can't imagine and there again we could we can make some judgment calls like those people those homeless people are, but like as you said they can't get back to their original right. home it's such a huge state having been in prison or whatever they probably didn't have any money and so what where else can you be right so yeah but it was awesome for our high school students to go and experience that to help out to cook some food sort some food and to, to give out and to have those, those touch points with them one of our teams there was a they gave out bunch of clothes and coffee every morning so they would have that touch point of here's coffee how can i be with you how can i pray with you in this moment so it was awesome for our high school students to experience that and then uh, going to west virginia here a couple weeks ago it's crazy it was just a week ago today feels like it was so long ago it was awesome so similar situation uh a lot of people struggling with with homelessness people struggling with drug abuse alcohol alcoholism and we just got to go serve in a food pantry, a soup kitchen, a few elderly communities in the ho- in the in the area. We got to go and just serve them, cut grass, do do some of the tasks that they just can't do anymore. And it was awesome. Our our middle schoolers they grew so much, and it was awesome to see that at the beginning of the week they they were sitting in at tables. There was four tables, and there was an eighth grade girls, an eighth grade boys. A seventh grade girls and a seventh grade boys table and they only sat with those people by the end of the week you couldn't set different tables because they were just they were all together they were growing together they had relationships and even seeing them with school starting here recently they're like high-fiving in the hallway being like oh how are you like, like just eighth grade seventh grade guys girls they're all intermixed and in that age it's just you've never seen that before of how they can grow together because it's usually so just segregated and different but they've been able to grow and it's been awesome to see that and did they also then integrate with the folks you were serving? Because that's sometimes what happens is we get into these modes. Yeah, I'm going to serve a hot meal, but I don't want to go sit next to the person that's eating it. Yeah, so that's one of the things that at the soup kitchen we we would prepare the meals, but then Mike had this wonderful idea of hey, let's let's pair them up by in twos, and you guys go talk to people. You have like an hour ish, go talk. So we grouped them up. There was an eighth grade girl and a seventh grade boy, kind of a talkative one and a quiet one. And they just went and talked. And there was it was really cool. Two of our boys, Mitchell Hutchison and Callum, we were looking over and they were just talking to this this elderly woman for like 30 minutes. And these are two boys that would, had never like spoken to someone much at all outside of their family. And they were just like talking to this old lady, growing this relationship and just caring for her in this moment where it's probably a little embarrassing to just walk into the soup kitchen and get food. But they were just like being very well attentive, had good eye contact, were nodding their head. And it was just really, really cool to see them them do that, that, that awesome experience. And that's another thing we can tie this back to our Grow 5 by 2 Sometimes it's much easier when you do things in community, when you're working together in that outside of yourself. I wouldn't be able to sit and talk to somebody, but if I'm with a friend or I'm with yeah. two, two friends, yeah, we can sit and have a conversation with somebody we don't know. We can include them in our group. And we see that in Scripture, right? I was, you, you said Mike sent him out in two. I mean, you see Jesus sending out the disciples by twos mm-hmm. and because, you know, having that community and, um, you know, as we talk about our Vision 28 compelling community, I think that's such a huge witness tool as well because, when people see, you know, Jesus says they're going to know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. 
so for people to be able to see how we interact with one another as believers and then show that love to them. It's like there's something intriguing about that, drawing to that. So I think that's so important is as we talk about living on mission. Don't think you have to go it alone. Like, right. you know, do it with the community. Do it with your compelling community. Do it with friends where, yeah, you're not feeling like, oh, I'm going out. Because if you do that, you're probably going to get burned out. Like, if you're just trying to do it on your own. But, you know, take people with you. Go, go as a, a community to do that. You've shared some of the highlights what were some of the challenges that maybe you didn't expect? Some of the things that arose during the summer that you had to, to deal with that maybe were out of your comfort zone. Some of the mundane tasks that, of course, an intern is, is told to do. But So midway through the summer, um, there was a, a large rainstorm here in Columbus. And the, the our base camp, one of our youth rooms, it flooded. So all of the, the cabinets and the flooring had to be torn out. So... That was just a week of, of chaos while Lisa Witte, who usually is, is in that room mostly for Grilled Cheese Thursday, and she was on vacation and just couldn't do anything because she was gone. And it was a long week of like us trying to figure out what we're going to do with the space, what we're going to do with, with all the stuff that's just sitting in the middle because like school starts in a few weeks. And at that time it was, and it was just a, a chaotic week where we were like, we want to do this. We want to improve this space for grilled cheese, but also we, we can't because Lisa's gone and it's just, we got to, we got to figure out what we're going to do before we start working on it. So that was a, a crazy week of, of chaos. There's always those weird interruptions that right. you never figure. Yeah. And it's one of the things that those of us that have been in the in church work for a long time, you know that there's going to be a regular cycle. I think we talked about that regular cycle, but there's always going to be something that, that pops in that you don't expect. And so you have to learn that I've got a downtime. I've got to work ahead. Mm-hmm. I can't ex- expect that, like, I'm, I'm going to just be able to just pace myself. All there's just right. going to be those times you got to work like a dog because something unusual like a flood happened yeah. or... Yeah, definitely. One thing I learned was just got to roll with the punches because things are going to happen. You never know what's coming next, but you just got to work through it. Maybe you can't work on the curriculum today, but you got to do something else. So you talked about learning to roll with the punches. Is there anything else that your your summer experience help you to learn that you're going to apply maybe to as you're going to classes this year? Sometimes I think you need a year or two of experience before you go, man, I wish I would have paid attention in that class because mm-hmm. <laughs> I need what I was supposed to learn then. Is there anything like that, some kind of a, a learning experience that you had this summer that goes, hey, I need to really think about this. I need to, to listen to my professors tell me about something that happened. You know. Yeah, so this next semester I'm in a class called Confirmation uh, Curriculum and Implementation. So this summer I got to edit our confirmation curriculum and go through it. It's like, hey, what is the purpose of confirmation? How has it been working in the past? How can it work in the future? And I got to talk a lot with Mindy of what she wants confirmation to look like and what what our church wants confirmation to look like. And I'm really excited to take this class and just learn, like, what's the history of confirmation? How did it start? Why is it still going? Why it's how it's going? Why is it the same as it was decades ago? And I'm really excited to send Mindy information and and raw stuff to implement here at St. Peter's and see how it can grow to this discipleship journey rather than here's the six chief parts, learn them and memorize them. Yeah, and one of the things that you'll learn as you go through, and I don't know if you experience this much during the summer, but parents have an expectation. It's not always the same as our expectation. You know, sometimes we're trying to really emphasize a certain point, like service on the mission trips, Mm -hmm. where parents are just going, I want my kids to have fun. And we have to balance that, you know, with what we know professionally they need, not just what they want. Yeah. So as you're going back, you're heading back to Texas and. 
A week? Week and a half, yeah. Week and a half. August 13th. What are you looking forward to the most about being back at school? Yeah, so of course, just seeing my friends. Like it's been three, three or four months of just being at home, and I love being at home, but I love my friends at school. So I'm excited to be back and continue to grow those relationships. And then once I get back, we're kicking off our campus ministry training for a week and a half before classes start. And my job is going to be a grow developer. So with that, that means every week I'll be leading a, a small group with a, with a group of students on my floor. So that we have three dorms and three floors per dorm. So we have one person stationed on each floor of every dorm. And their job is to love those people on their floor and love people on campus. So I did a similar job this last year where I was just a joining Jesus missionary disciple. So I just got to love people, live my life, and have a job for doing it. So now... I know there's a book for church workers called Grow that's like a small group experience. And Joining Jesus was a book we did here at St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. Is each year, do they pick kind of a book that's the theme for the year that you work with in that spiritual life area? Uh, so actually this year we're doing the Greg Finke Joining Jesus. I'm supposed to read that here in the next couple of weeks and, and just prepare to how can you join Jesus on his mission. He's working around you. The Spirit's moving. How can you just join that and not not feel like you're doing all the work that you're joining Jesus. So that's a big part of our job this year of like, how can you just join Jesus and and in your lives? Like God's working. What would it look like to to follow him and just join on his journey? Now, when we did that here, that was pre COVID. Were you in, in high school during COVID? I was in high school during COVID. I don't remember the book, but I remember hearing about it. Wow. And I think that like a lot of people, COVID just kind of like washed our brains away yeah. and made us. I still have a very warped perspective of time. But one of those things that we've tried to do over the years is to find those different tools mm-hmm. to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus and with others. And so that one of the things that, you know, with this five by two plan is, again, how do we help people to grow? So your job is to just help the guys on your floor yeah. Grow closer to yep. Jesus and, then, and to each other. And then on top of that, um, so we all three of us have the same job of just loving people, growing with people, having a small group once a week. But then the developer side of my position is those other two in my floor. I'm their manager. I'm their boss. I'm their the person above them. So I get to pour into them, have coffee with them once a week, have coffee together and just grow as a group, as a dorm uh, in Regents Hall that we'll be in. And so I'm really excited to have that next step of that position to pour into those below me. So this is the university intentionally trying to nurture faith yeah. and their, their residents. Not all the residents are Lutherans, though, right? Uh, not all the, the residents are Christian. So we have a very small Lutheran population, and even probably 50 to, to 60%, I would say, are Christian. Some of your goal may be even to introduce people to Definitely. Jesus. Yeah. As you're nurturing the guys that know Jesus, they're also trying to share Jesus with those that don't. Yeah, as the conversation has come up in the Senate of what's our campus's mission, what's our university's mission, what are they meant to do, it's it's changing because it's a mission field. There's a large population that don't know Jesus, don't know Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord, or at all. Some people come onto the campus and go, oh, this is a Christian campus. Sweet. Like, what an amazing opportunity that we have that Pastor Jake Bessling at our campus is opening the door for a campus ministry team to intentionally pour into these people, to love them, to just live our lives for Christ and join Jesus on what he's already doing on our campus. That's excellent. And we found that here with our school, too. We have, because vouchers have made it affordable, we have a lot of our students here are able to be here where they wouldn't have been if the the finances hadn't come through. But they haven't got to know Jesus yet, and we yeah. have that wonderful opportunity just to live that out, that we have that that backbone that we are sharing Christ wherever we are, whoever mm-hmm. comes in our path. Is there anything else you're looking forward to this uh, this coming school year? 
I got two more years of learning before I'm I'm full time ministry. So I'm about to be a junior, and I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, halfway through. Yep. All right. Well, most of us in the DCE field know that, like, well, that's the end of your formal education. We are lifelong learners. Oh, I've got so much more to learn. I, that's one thing that the summers told me. Just like you've got a lot to go, buddy. Well, and and that's one of the things. Again, I think uh, I have to remind people all the time: pastors, teachers, anybody, really, any professional. You cannot learn in four years the things you're mm-hmm. going to need to know for your job. We've all, all right. got to be willing to to learn new things, to apply new skills. You know, some of the folks that started off in drafting, you know, where they did the mechanical drafting, now everything's on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to adapt to the times. You have to adapt to what uh, the things that are thrown at you. Your job. We're all lifelong learners, and that goes back to our Christianity. None of us have arrived. We've all got to grow in our faith as we come to new situations in our life. We've got to go back to God's word. We've got to dig in. What does God say for this situation? We've got to get down on our knees or however, whatever our posture of prayer is, and God help me through this. We're never arrived. Anything else you'd like to share? I'd just like to thank St. Peter's for this amazing opportunity to give me a chance to learn, to grow, to fail, to to go on these amazing trips and just, just have a blast learning what ministry is and what it really looks like. All right. Well, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for serving. Dustin, any, any thoughts you'd like to add? Yeah, I'd just like to add to you know your point. You said this kind of earlier, too, about um, going through training or classes, and sometimes it's like we don't realize what we're learning until later. And it's like, Oh man, I, you know, once we're in that situation, it's like, Oh, I wish I would have paid more attention or sometimes it means a little bit more once you've experienced or, or gone through things. And so, um, as you talked about, you know, spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer. Um, you know, we talk about the five by two, obviously spending time in worship, um, but also find those opportunities to, to bless others and have meaningful conversations. Because sometimes it takes, as we talk about joining Jesus, again, it's not about us. It's about joining. Yeah. Jesus is doing the work. We're, he, we're just kind of the, the tools or the vessels that we just have to be willing workers for him, willing messengers, and that he can use us. Sometimes it just takes stepping into those things, and we don't have to have all the answers or know everything because we're never going to have all the answers or know everything. But it just takes being that willing messenger to step into it. And through that, you may think, wow, I need to learn this. And that's okay. Like, that's a good thing. Then you can go back and get training where then it maybe that training means a little bit more because you're like, oh, I've experienced this. Now I know what, like, how to actually use this in my experiences. So, yeah, I just encourage people, as George was saying, as we talk about that five by two, spend time in prayer, spend time in God's word, spend time in worship, and just look for those opportunities uh, to bless others, to, to have meaningful conversation with those people that God has placed in your path. So, Chad, thank you again, man. This is, this was course, awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you joining us on the podcast, and, and thank you for all the, the time and effort and your service you put in this summer as being an intern. And yeah, we, we appreciate you here at St. Peter's, so, so thank you. So, to our listeners, um, we look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations into this uh, new school year. Now, go out and serve God and others.